I'm Shane Downey. What's up, everybody? This is Johnny Mono. And today we play... Thunderbirds on the Nintendo Entertainment System, released in 1990. Yeah, it looks like this one was published by Activision and uh, developed by Pac-In Video. Pac-In Video, they made a game. I'm going to cut to the chase. The quality of this game indicates that it would be a Pac-In title of some sort. (laughs) That's probably apt. So this is a shooter... It is a licensed game, which was news to me. Five, four, three, two, one. Thunderbirds are go. Yeah, I'm surprised that you were not aware of the Thunderbirds TV show, but maybe this is just that slight age difference that we've got where maybe I was privy to some things that were uh, a little bit older than what you might be familiar with. I was a connoisseur of ancient pre-cable TV, and Thunderbirds was a show that came on quite often back in the the land of Detroit, where I spent my first few years before moving to Arizona. Listen, man, I'm only a couple years younger than you. I loved I Love Lucy. I've never heard of Thunderbirds until five minutes ago. Ah, so for those that are, uh, like yourself, unfamiliar with this franchise, Thunderbirds was... Not really a cartoon and not really live action. It was a puppet show. It was done entirely with marionettes and uh, models of different uh, rocket ships and submarines, uh, different vehicles. It's based on the strike force of five brothers and their dad and a crazy scientist named Dr. Brain. And basically they fight crime. So if you took Power Rangers and removed the ninjas and giant robots and made it a little bit more like James Bond, but did it all with puppets... That's essentially what you got. I wonder if Gerard Way, the writer of the Umbrella Academy, was somehow inspired by Thunderbirds based on that description. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Who isn't inspired based on that description? This That all sounds a little weird and creepy to me. Oh, it is weird and creepy and kind of off-putting. So Thunderbirds is a top-down shooter, and I have some bones to pick with this game. First of all, it doesn't follow a traditional life system. You die and your ship has X amount of days to be repaired, but you have five different brothers to choose from. And we played and played and played, and quite frankly, we were quite bad. And the game never said game over. No, and we only ever got two of the brothers. There's five possible brothers, each piloting a different vehicle. We've only seen two. I think I saw more than two. The... the Odd thing is, you get a script, there's a cutscene with a script from each brother, and it basically is the same script each time. So these brothers have no personality. Nope, sure don't. And in fact, uh, even in the show, they were very much the same character. Uh, The only way you could tell them apart is that they didn't look like brothers at all. Uh, They all had very different hair, different color eyes, so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, the the levels are all varied a little bit differently. Uh, You've got one that looked like a military base, one that looked like you were flying through hell. I'll tell you one thing. That was probably the highlight of the game for me. 
I don't know that I've played any other shooters that involved lava being thrown in my direction. Yeah, not only was it lava being thrown in your direction, but it, you were flying over a, an ocean of lava. It kind of reminded me of the Fire Lord level from Silver Surfer, which is supposed to be kind of hellish. Like, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on volcanoes, but I don't think there's all that many that are that close together and all simultaneously erupting. In an ocean of lava. Yeah, it was really odd, but I'll give them an A for effort for trying something new in the shooter genre. I'll give you that for sure. Uh, Now, I will say that one of the highlights of this game is the music. I really thought that the music was pretty catchy. It didn't seem like there was a lot of variety in it, but come on, let's face it. We're talking about an NES title. I don't expect there to be uh, a dazzling array of music. But the one track that we kept hearing throughout the levels had a really cool uh, bass line. Uh, It was upbeat. It fit the mood of trying to blow stuff up while you're piloting an airplane. I enjoyed it quite a bit. One other thing I don't like about shooters is ones that require you to continuously press the fire button. Now, I say that, and it's a bit contradictory because one of my favorite of all time is Galaga, which of course does this. Well, that's not true. You can you can hold down the Galaga button, and it'll shoot, just not at a rapid pace. Ah, uh, yes. But in this one, that is not an option. You no. need to continuously press the button. I noticed that as well. This game would definitely benefit from a turbo controller. Absolutely. Uh, One of the other things that really got me about this game, and this is very common of vertical shooters, um, you know, you get a power up and it becomes very powerful. Even with one level of power up, your, your gun gets twice as wide and it helps you to take out enemies like the tanks because you can hit them without being in the range of their fire. But as soon as you get hit, you get screwed back down to level one on your gun And it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, well, you can get pretty far if you get the power up, but as soon as you take damage, you may as well just throw the controller away because you're done. I had some scenarios where I would fire at an enemy that led to a power up being on the screen, and then it would just float off screen. Oh, that's so frustrating. And they're not that generous with the power ups like some other shooters shooters of that era. True. So it's basically a death knell once that happens. Yeah, you're done if you can't get to the power up, or if you get the power up and lose it, it's over. So yeah, it's definitely a game that uh, maybe is a little bit too tough for your average player. I would say. So this isn't an expensive game. It's available on the NES, of course, in cartridge form. As far as we could tell. I don't know that this has been re-released anywhere else, and there's really no indication, if you're not familiar with the product that this is licensing from, that it is a licensed game. Yeah, I think that what they realized is when the game was released that most people probably had zero idea what this was. Uh, I know I'm probably the minority in that. Uh, The image that's on the front of the cartridge and the box 
is not one of the five vehicles from the show. It's like a crazy looking uh, sci-fi spaceship. It looks pretty cool. It does. It sold me on this game. Yeah, you would think something maybe like Gradius or R-Type, like a, a badass looking jet. But the game is based on a puppet show from the 60s. Uh, the rocket in the, the actual show was very much a generic 1960s rocket. Like think cigar-shaped cylinder tube with a couple fins at the bottom. Very basic, no weaponry, none of that stuff on it. Uh, the submarine looked like a cigar under the water with a couple fins at the bottom. Uh, you'll see a, a recurring theme in how uh, ships were designed in the 60s. I went to a Christmas-themed outdoor event, and they had a puppet show there. And obviously, it's designed for kids. But I sat down and watched it for a few minutes. It was just weird, man. I, <laughs> I don't know how into puppets I am. I like puppets because they're creepy. But yeah. I don't think kids dig puppets. Maybe in the era, I could see it being entertaining, entertaining at that time. Yeah, like before you had cartoons. But I don't think puppets stand the test of time. No, no, I don't think they do. And I think that this is one of those scenarios where uh, somebody had a license and they're just like, yeah, people are going to dig this, right? If you think back to some of the, the weird titles that came out on the NES, you had Thunderbirds, you had Gilligan's Island... You had a, a game based on... Uh, That's another great show, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I love Gilligan's Island, but the game was kind of... What? Oh, Gilligan's Island on the NES? I mean, now that you mention it, why was there never an I Love Lucy game? Why wasn't there an I Love Lucy game? I would have played it. It could have been an RPG about Lucy trying to get into the show. <laughs> that would have been good. You could have done some musical numbers playing as Ricky. Oh, yeah, you well, know? We should just design it right now i think we should this is our pitch it could be like guitar hero but with the the two buttons perfect you got I a button that's a baba and a button that's lou so you could baba lou <laughs> that's the best idea you've ever had let's do it well it goes without saying the i love lucy game that is yet to be released probably better than thunderboard birds i was a little low on this one one to ten i'm gonna go with a five I'd say five is about right. It is pretty much your average run-of-the-mill vertical shooter. It offers nothing of interest. And I joked with John before we recorded this show, the more episodes we do of games out of my collection, maybe it'll lead me to weeding some things out. That's right. All right, everybody. Be on the lookout for our new show, Today We Sell. <laughs> Thunderbirds might be on the block here sometime soon. It's fine. And don't get me wrong... The NES didn't have a ton of shooters to choose from. And the music is certainly better than some of its contemporaries of that time. If you think of something like 1942. That was the example I was going to bring up. Yes. Uh, 1942, not great for its music. That's It's atrocious. Yes. So Thunderbirds does have some things going for it compared to other games. But you can also do better in the shooter genre on the NES for sure. Yeah, and don't be fooled by the badass box art. Till next time on Today We Play. Cheers, everyone.